Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 117. My guest this week is Caroline Reddy, who is a poet, a published poet. She's a Reiki master also and a Zen practitioner. She's a brilliant writer. She's a student of two forms of martial arts, and she's a librarian. <laughs> yes, so very busy. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Thank you so much for joining me. This is such a great honor. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I, I really, I'm really excited about this. Um, so yeah, I think this is my. I've had two podcast stories um, or poems published this podcast, but I've never done like a podcast interview. So this is kind of cool. So thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. So how did your journey begin? <laughs> so um, I always have been a very creative, strange child of the universe. I, I started out, um, one of my first memories of art or writing or trying to create anything was um, seeing The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle, but not here, actually in Iran. I saw that film, I read the book, um, and as a very young age, like, like seven or eight, I started writing about unicorns. And then as a teen, early on, I, I became obsessed with horror books like uh, Wild Army Gammon, Stephen King. Um, so my writing started taking a, like a darker turn. So I started writing horror. And then later on, I tried to get in the publishing industry. I couldn't. I think I, I majored in English, pre-law and minor. And then I, I got a master's degree in creative writing. And then I was like, what am I going to do? And so I went into teaching. I tried out to write a book for years. I was trying to write about the immigrant story. I was trying to write about all the things that I kind of felt growing up. I felt sort of weird. I felt like I didn't really belong. I, um, music was always a source of comfort. So I was trying to write the story that for years and years and years was kind of looping around and it wasn't going anywhere. And a good friend of mine, I'm gonna give her a shout out, Judy Eisenberg said to me, oh, you know, Maybe you should try something else and thank goodness because she helped me um, sort of see that what she said was true so I kind of looked at her as a mentor for me and I just kind of one day I was sitting um, this was after COVID just looking through I think I have one or two poems and I was like let me just try this so I got rejected once and uh, I've dealt with really bad rejections in the past so I was like okay I'm not gonna this is it like I'm, not, I'm gonna give up then I think I tried again. And then the second time it was published by Active News by um, the editor, Shasha Kadapa. I hope I'm saying that right. right. Um, and that was great because then a couple of months later I was nominated for the best of the net. And this for me was like everything because I'd been working so long, so hard. I, I, I felt like I'd failed as a teacher. I left teaching. Um, I was struggling, you know, through just everything, just feeling like I couldn't like I always felt like writing was a purpose in my life, but I felt like I was not getting to where I wanted to get to. That moment, I was like, okay, so this got accepted, it got nominated, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get rejected again. So, you know, it, it seems like to be like a cycle. I'll send a whole bunch of stuff out, it'll get rejected a bunch of times, and then I'll get one, and then I'll send. You know, that that seems to be the um, recurring theme. And the good thing is, I feel like when publishers see that you're getting accepted. And I write them, I'm sorry, this is being, uh, this has been accepted already. They might like, my feeling is that they might be more interested to reading your stuff. And that's why that kind of cycle 
uh, continues. So that that's my understanding, but it could be different. Could we discuss the sacred dance, which happens to be my favorite work of yours because I'm biased, I'm a dancer. So oh, cool. <laughs> sure. resonated with me on such yeah, a- Yeah, sure. Um, would you like me to read it and then talk about it? Yes, please. Okay, sure. So this is Sacred Dance. It was, uh, this is the one that um, with the first, I think this was the first poem I set out. It was Active Muse. Uh, Shasha Kadapa is the um, editor. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. It was nominated for Beth Sabanet in 2021. Um, I'll, I'll read it and then I'll tell you what it's about. It's called A Sacred Dance. Twirling in a tattered tribal scarf and an empty room, I remember the empress flame that lit the embers of an old Sufi heart. I dream of a womb where the ashes of a wounded bird do not spoil. Perhaps it has been abandoned in a crypt hidden beyond cypress trees and tiger lilies to serve me now. Reserve these shimmies and protect lost goddess shakes through maddening masquerades in the sacred dance of stillness and shifting space. Um, so I wrote that and I, I don't remember what I was thinking at the time specifically, but I always um, so I got, I got into martial arts, but I always loved um, the idea of moving your body and moving energy out of your body. And the one dance that I studied for years on my own was belly dance. I did take some workshops in the city. I took some, um, a workshop with Dondi Dolan, I think who was a, a famous belly dancer in Omega. But on my own for the longest time, I was studying this form and I really loved how it made you feel feminine. It kind of um, sort of grounded you, made you feel connected to Mother Earth. So that was sort of trying to find that joy again. I think that poem was about. That's beautiful. And now it makes sense what type of dancing it is. <laughs> now that you reveal that it's belly dance. I yeah, yeah. It just all comes to full circle now. <laughs> yeah, what kind of dance? I'm just curious, what kind of dance do you do? Um, I do ballroom. I do line dancing, like line dances. I do Latin, like Argentine tango. Oh, cool. Okay. I yeah, also do I, nursing home, like wheelchair dances for the residents. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. And dancing is just a part of human nature. And I think it's such a, a deep part of us deep down inside. I definitely feel like, uh, you know, I do have a martial arts practice for a, a year, about a year and a half almost. And I do feel because I studied dance on my own for a long time, for over I don't know, five years in yoga as well, I feel like the reason why martial arts made sense to me, it's like a dance of like, harmony, even though you are like learning kicking and punching, I feel like it, it made sense to me more than, I'm not a very athletic person, but I think dance and martial arts, because it's all about rhythm and movement, it kind of made more sense to me than anything else I ever tried to, to do in my life that was athletic. Well, that's fascinating. It's all tied together too. It's by finding your center and moving mm -hmm. harmony. Exactly, yeah. center, balance, harmony. Let's talk about the nomination you had for the best of the Net Prize mm -hmm. by Active Muse. That was very exciting for you. Oh, that was the that was the Sacred Dance. That was the one that was nominated from Active Muse. Uh, like I said, I think the reason it was exciting for me is because I personally felt like I'd failed at a lot of things in my life, whether it was jobs or relationships. And this was the first time that I felt like somebody out there noticed 
something that I had to say. So for me, it was almost, it, it's, it's a great honor. Um, and uh, it was the first time, actually no, in high school, I, was, I, I think I entered a contest and came in third, I think, and I won money. I think it was like a hundred bucks. But ever since then, I've always been like, oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? And and um, now as an adult, it was like, it's been easier to go forward because um, of, I guess, kind of being okay with being out there and okay with uh, either getting rejected or published or getting nominated. It's just, you know, part of, you know, I still go to work. I still, you know, clean up, clean up toys at the end of the day. It's a great honor, but I try not to let it get to my head because I know there's going to be more rejections and more acceptances. And you can't let that kind of either pull you back or, you know, so that's my philosophy. So important to just keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of natural symbolism in your works. So how important is mother nature in your creativity? Oh, that's a great question. I love being in nature. I feel like, again, it comes back to, so I struggle from um, mental health issues, uh, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. And the things that help me are dance, martial arts, meditation, and hiking. I, I do love hiking. With my last relationship, one of the best things about it was my boyfriend was a hiker and I, I loved hiking as well. Um, but recently, I did go away to St. Lucia, which was an amazing experience. And I got to hike with my really good, good friend, um, one of my best, closest friends, Charity Helton. And we hiked uh, a volcano, it wasn't that much, but we hiked a little bit of a volcano. And then we went on this nature trail. So a lot of my uh, poems mention nature because I absolutely love being in nature, especially mountains. Mountains are like my, um, I don't know, spirit, natural spirit, nature. Um, I've been influenced by uh, music a lot. So Laura Veers is one of my favorite musicians. She writes a lot about nature and science. Um, there's one, another poet that I really admire, Susan Clarkson Moorhead in New Rochelle. She writes a lot about nature. Um, so I've been around people like that. And I think Rita Calandres is another poet, friend of mine who writes about nature. So I feel like I've been either in nature with people who love nature or I've I've been around other people who write nature or listen to music that is about nature. And that's how, I think it, like whatever I've experienced in my life sort of flows through me in that way. So that's, and I feel like that's how you connect to yourself and um, to the universe. And you have a poem about Kata? Was I, it written in Kyoto, Japan? So I, I lost some of my, um, my Zen teachers years ago, it was really a painful experience. Um, they both died, I, you know, they both died of, of uh, cancer, unfortunately. And after COVID, I was trying to find a way to get back into some sort of practice that was both helpful and also centered. And I also wanted to find a way to become more confident in my life. because I felt like I was always someone who sort of took other people's crap or sort of pushed around. And I really wanted to find a way to become more confident. And that's how Kata came about. So let me try to find it. After my Zen teachers died, I went like literally not all over the world, but it felt like I was looking for another way to connect back to nature, back to myself, back to whatever path I was supposed to be on. There are all these different experiences online, Airbnb online, I think after COVID decided to have these classes. And I'm so grateful to them and Hago because they both 
sort of helped me keep sane because I was alone and isolated for a lot of the time. And I found this wonderful um, class on online with Sensei Goto. I actually have class with him tonight and I'll, I'll let him know about this interview. He'll be happy. So this poem is called Kata or the Compassion of Kami. And it's uh, about finding a really, like, you know, about finding my way home again. So would you like me to read it? Yes, please. Um, this was called Kata and it was published in Clinch, I think of May of 2022. And the editors, I, I got lucky. I met so many wonderful editors and that uh, the editor of Clinch is a uh, Grant Young, very, very kind, um, sweet editor that uh, loved this poem. And I was really touched by that. Um, the Compassion of the Kami or Kata. The sacred waters of Kyoto drip a bit of Dharma into my crown as I bow to my katana and sensei allowing kata to sharpen my mind and shape me into a peaceful warrior. My beloved Zen teachers long gone wanted me to move on for I was low in key, even though I practice Reiki. I called upon Manjushri to help me wield wisdom and find the way once again. A dojo in Japan found me through a lucid dream and reminded me of the Diamond Sutra, Shinto shrines, deep bows, the sound of the hunt as I breathed for my soul pouring pure water to cleanse my body and connect earth to sky and sky to earth. I rise blurry eyed at dawn and perform basic steps, tie sabaki and review my shikadai, layering a new move, wondering if I could find my balance. In this world where my heart, the altar has been empty for some time. I whisk matcha tea at dusk and wipe my katana with ch uh, choji oil before bed. A meditative practice in this world where making contact has become so limited. In each fleeting moment, I perform a new kata and imagine the plum blossoms are, that are blooming across the universe as the harsh winter settles into the scent of a new spring moon. Um, so that's kata. My condolences um, for what happened um i have read also the final duck sun it was oh. also very peaceful at the same time and reassuring at the end oh yes the final duck sun yeah that is a whole story but i will go into it a little bit final duck sun this was when i was going to the city a lot and i was involved with different was involved with different art communities and there were uh, there was a band I really liked and there were a couple of them and I was trying to really connect back to my culture and back to understanding who I was because unfortunately this world is you know it's not kind to people of color people from the Middle East and um, there were these bands that I really enjoyed unfortunately there was a, a horrible horrible incident when I told my Zen teacher about it she was like oh maybe you can write something that you can keep their legacy alive and then she died so after, and then in the year, and, it, and then I think it was like a year of, I had lost my husband. I was losing my Zen teachers and three people from this community that I cared about had been murdered. And I told her about it. And she said, well, why don't you write something to keep their legacy alive? And I think that almost felt like a death wish. And I struggled for years. Like, should I be out there? Should I not be out there? What are, what are people gonna think? Can I do this? But as soon as the 
the sacred dance was published, I was like, okay, I guess this is my path. And I hired a life coach to help me, um, Shanae Fournier, she's incredibly gifted. And she sort of helped me guide me through this process as well. Um, so my, my Zen teachers uh, were huge influence on me trying to like sort of find my way back home out of a lot of uh, trauma that I experienced as a child. Um, so this is called, called, sorry, this is called the final Dokusan, my Zen teacher's last breath. I observed as your body shriveled and meditated in stillness, wondering if your ashes have kept turtles company. After our last Dokusan, when I told you about how music had been murdered, you requested that I keep the legacy of the world alive. I wasn't sure if I could unscramble my brain to make sense of your directions as we approached the Sashin at the Garrison Institute. After our last Dokusan, I went for a hike and took pictures of the amber leaves as the sun burnt through the camera, not knowing that it would be the last time we spoke. I held on to the ceramic statue of Jizo, found a monk's smile to help me untangle the strings and emptied my hands so that I can continue to chop wood and carry water. Um, so the last last image of chopping wood and carrying water is a, a famous Zen saying like, whatever happens, just chop wood and carry water. You just kind of go on. That's why I never, I get a rejection or I get a praise. I just try to you know chop wood and carry water not let it get me too high or too low. Uh, and um, empty hands answer. I just went back. It was a long time I'd been gone, but I just recently went back and started my meditation practice again. Why is it important for writers to meditate before we start creating? I personally feel, and there's been a lot of studies on this, and you've, you've come to my meetup, I think, right? I don't know if you felt helpful at all. Uh, I think, who was the, I forget the filmmaker. Uh, it'll come to me later, but I, I personally feel like it does a couple of things. I feel like it stills your brain. I feel like I have a lot of criticism in my head about myself and I'm extremely hard on myself. So it sort of neutralizes or sort of tones down that um, inner critic. I feel like poetry itself is a very meditative practice. You sort of have to find the right words to flow. Um, and I think I'm a better poet probably because of meditation and there have been studies that it, it does change the brain chemicals to sort of be more receptive and more, more calmer um so I've always had issues with feeling like left out or bullying and I I just like I picked up um martial arts you know that's that's how I picked up meditation because I really wanted to find a way to sort of still my mind and the first year was really hard and then it got, as I'm getting older, it's still sometimes it can be difficult, but you get just used to your mind kind of going all the place and you try to bring it back to um, a space of just kind of being in the moment. And I think that's how you're able to then really create and, and make mistakes and not feel so bad about it and not feel so anxious because your mind is not just all over the place. That makes perfect sense. And you organize a lot of events for writers. How did you become an event planner for the writer community? I haven't done it as much. I'm trying right now. I did it before because I, I was part of, of a tiny group. It was with Ken Valenti and Susan Clarkson Moorhead, Claudine Nash. I forget who else, who else was that in that beginning uh, group. So it was actually um, Ken and Susan who had organized a lot of these little, uh, just open mic groups. Um, and we would all get together. And then I think I did a few, um, 
I learned from some amazing artists in the city how to do it. I, I learned from some of the best, uh, I feel like mentors. There was a few different organizations. There was Immigrants in Exile. That was really important to me. That like kind of taught me a lot about organizing events. And there was Cafe Nadri, which was another um, restaurant cafe for a lot of Iranian artists a long time ago, but it closed down. So I feel like I, I was blessed to be out there with the, these amazing artists who kind of taught me how to be an artist. So I kind of took back that back in your shell and I did, um, I did one for the Empty Hands Zen Center and I had uh, our local group come in and do poetry reading. I did one for Westchester Yoga Arts Center a while, long time ago. So I think I did two or three and now I'm in the process of trying to put one together and it's, it's, it's a lot of work. So I'm a little nervous, but I'm, I'm in the process of getting the help I need. I can't, I don't want to say more than that to jinx it. So uh, luckily things are coming together. The website came together. Um, I just got back, heard from a, a place in the city that said how much it's costing and all that. And I'm going to start um, trying to plan it. I have readers. It's just now a matter of trying to put it together. It's a little, not scary. It's just, a, it's the work. So that's, that's, I have a passion for art and community. And I've done it at um, White Plains Library. I've brought in uh, people, uh, Michael Albert, who works with uh, pop art. Um, he's an American artist. And then I just had uh, Amanda Armentora come in to do a dance performance for White Plains Public Library. It was, it was a collaboration with um, another librarian, uh, Mariel Perez. So we, so I feel like my best gifts in this planet is to bring like community art together. And I, the, the next one I'm hoping to do soon within the next year or so is for community and social justice how can people reach you you're on various different platforms and you have your own website i just thank goodness my friend charity hilton made me a website um i was trying to find a website um i was trying to find like tech people to work with for a while now and I think I just woke up one day. She's like, here's your, here's your website. I was like, oh, she's been a great support in my life. Um, so she created this website in like seven hours. I don't know how she did it. The girls, the woman's a genius. And um, so the best way to reach me would be, they could friend me on Facebook, Caroline Reddy. Um, and Twitter is like at Caroline Reddy too, I think. And all this information is on my website, www.carolinereddy.com. So it has like, and I am doing, I'm going to be, I'm not performing, but I'm going to be teaching a workshop in September. I just did a reading with Valley Gallery last year. So I'm hoping that as I'm more out more there, even though I'm, as I am out there more, even though it gets scary, that hopefully I could find more people to work with and collaborate with. Any projects in the future you'd like to give us a sneak preview of? My book is out right now, the manuscript, Shake the atmosphere to claim, reclaim an empty moment. And it's all about the Zen practice and just different cycles of life. That is, has been brought out. I hired um, my good friend, John Compton, who's an editor of uh, Ghost City Press. And right now he, I think he's a guest editor for 30, 30 West Publishing. So he uh, was able to sort of set my, I think he sent it out. I'm not sure how many places. Um, and I've also applied for like some contests. So I'm not sure what's gonna happen. I hope it gets published. Um, and then, like I said, I just did a reading with Valley Gallery with Penny um, theme. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm spelling that or saying it right. 
And uh, in September, I have a writing workshop with the uh, Eastern Shore Writers Association. I also actually teach to, uh, writing with kids at the library. Uh, we have a little writing group of kids who come in and write. So I've, I'm trying to do different things. And then my meetup uh, group is it's going to be, at some point, it's going to be every other Saturday. For now, it's still every Saturday. The, cre oh, the creative breath. Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we sign off? Any words of advice? Just the biggest thing that people ask me is about rejection or, oh, I don't, I can't do it. Or how do I do it? And I just say, learn about manifesting, how it works and just put yourself out there. And, you know, it feels, sometimes it feels like you're throwing darts at the wall and you're just missing and missing and missing, but at some point it will just boop. And then, you know, and then the process starts again. You're like missing, missing. And then one time somebody just says, oh yeah, you want to be a part of this? Or do you want to read? Or it's just putting yourself out there and being okay with the rejections and not letting anyone tell you that you can't do, do it. And getting in touch with your spiritual side seems very important for writing as well. For me personally, yes. I believe that everyone should find their own path, whether it's spiritual or whether it's just gardening or hiking or whatever it is that calms them. I I personally feel that everyone needs some sort of ritual or sacred practice sort of to keep them grounded. Um, because unfortunately, as you know, with artists, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol, there's a lot of competition, there's a lot of, um, you know, people, famous people, you're like, oh, you know, this person seemed happy, why do they commit suicide or why they, or I feel like all of that stuff um, might or could be sometimes avoided if we are a little bit more balanced. And that's why I have uh, uh, the practices that I have. The Reiki and the Zen, it helps. Reiki Zen, yeah, martial arts, yeah. And I study Taekwondo with um, a martial arts center in New Rochelle, Hangaiki Martial Arts. Um, and the senseis are great. I work with a uh, master Shinmin, if I'm saying it right. So yeah, I, I got lucky to find really good teachers and mentors to sort of help me around this along this process. Um, that's wonderful. I want to thank you so much. I admire you so much and I love your work. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. It's fun and exciting. And you know, let me um yeah, if you if you have the finished product, just um send it to me and I'll, I'll post it if I can and hope people can tune in to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of State of the Arts. I encourage all of you to stay positive, stay safe, and stay true to your dreams. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you.